0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at
1: CapitalFinancialUSA.com. College football seems to be mired in what some folks have described as a controversy. We'll get to two of the ones that have been popping up. We just talked to Mark Johnson. He's the play-by-play voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. Just an interesting perspective on what it's been like since Deion Sanders decided that, you know what, it's time to take that Power 5 job. And he's leaving Jackson State HBCU school where he's had success. What, back-to-back swag titles, right? And they're playing, I think uh, Jackson State's playing Central in the Celebration Bowl here soon. Regardless, Dion, because he's leaving an HBCU to go take a Power 5 job on social media, where a lot of people now look for sentiment, even though I think it's a mistake, he's been labeled a sellout. And I understand why that's come up. But I think this is just yet another lesson of college coaches are in it to be college coaches. And they're in it for their own brand. And when they can better their situations, they're going to better their situations. And it's kind of on you if you believed the goods he was selling in a, det- in, a, in, a, in, a in a way that has been used around here. Last season when North Carolina did not live up to the hype, how was Mac Brown described? Used car salesman. Sure. In fact, most coaches who talk a good talk, sell the program, get recruits to show up, and then go somewhere else are usually described as used car salesmen. And I was kind of at a loss as to why Dion was being viewed differently for doing the exact damn thing any other coach has done to better their situations. Wake Forest has taken on Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz was the offensive coordinator at NC State. He then took a job at App State, parlayed that success at App State. He never loved App State. He might have talked to talk about App State. He knew the right words to say. But, Gilio did you ever get the sense that Eli Drinkwitz was anything more than a rolling stone and where he put his hat was going to be his next home? Uh, no. Right. <laughs> and I'm not using Eli Drinkwitz as, like, the lone guy to do it. I'm just using yet another example here. And, again, Deion Sanders is in it for Dion Sanders. He's always been in it for Dion Sanders. And why anybody, right back to the to the Prime Academy days, you want to get into some weird, shady business dealings, go look up Prime Academy. So Dion's about Dion, And the fact that he used Jackson State, its prestige, its standing in HBCUs, had success there, and then jumped for Colorado, I'm not using it as a knock, but people are angry at Dion for, I guess,
2: selling this vision at HBCU that he's now left them behind. I'll say this. Okay. We talked during the NFL season when Jeff Saturday was plucked out of the ESPN studio about the white privilege of the former NFL player being given an NFL job without experience. This goes back to Steve Nash in the NBA. Sure. No coaching experience, given a plum job with the Brooklyn Nets. Meanwhile, the black coach can't get that same type of opportunity. Yeah. So what did Deion Sanders do? He took one of the lowest profile jobs you could take, Mm -hmm. but Jackson State was willing to hire him. And he went there and he won and he won big in two years. Now, His son is the quarterback. And he got big, truly talented. Remember, he was disrupting But he did get other recruits and he did get other transfers. Mm -hmm. And they, Joe, you said Jackson State has a history of winning. They really didn't uh, recently. Recent. Okay. Five and five, three and eight, three and eight, three. From 15 through 17, they're three and eight, Mm -hmm. and eight. Uh, The pandemic year he gets there, he goes four and three, 11 and two, 12 and oh. Okay. Well, I'm not trying to diminish your success. No, no, no. But what I'm saying to you is this wasn't, we wanted to cry when a a former player gets an opportunity for being who they are. Mm -hmm. And and the reason that is, is because we say the black coach would not get that same opportunity. Totally agree. Deion Sanders did not get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, just because he goes to Jackson State and takes the initial opportunity. He's not – he doesn't have to stay there for the rest of his life. No, no, but that's the way – no, you are supposed to raise
1: everything up in the HBCUs. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you believe that? Now, Deion Sanders said some things that get people to buy in, but that's what he's doing. He's selling you on the vision, which is what other college coaches do, which has been my point. But there's a lesson learned here. I know you learned this when when it comes to talking about Carolina. Like, actually – our pal Marquise Williams tweeted something.
2: Took, took care of me yesterday. He really he, did. He, like, t- oh. he, t- he took care, of, it, he took care right. of me last week. And he did take care of me. You're right. So
1: former North Carolina quarterback Marquise Williams said something in a way that was very similar to what you said, but the messenger it doesn't come across correctly. And I've learned that sometimes with me where I'm like, I'm screaming this. I've been telling you this. Like, why did you buy into this? Why did you believe that Dion was different than other guys? And sometimes it's the messenger. I know who can say it better than me. Bomani Jones, our friend, who was on CNN earlier today, and things are blowing up for him now because he was on CNN talking about Deion Sanders, and Bomani went on CNN and told the anchors that Dion did what so many other coaches do, and this really shouldn't surprise people.
0: Deion other Sanders spent the last 35 years telling us there ain't but one Deion Sanders. <laughs> and now he's telling us, go find somebody else to do what Deion Sanders does. You can't have this both ways. I don't judge him for taking the job in Colorado. They probably increased his salary by something like 15 times, mm-hmm. right? I totally get that. It all makes sense. But what he did was something that college coaches do all the time, which is, you have to sell people four-year, ten-year plans when your plan is always one year at a time. That's the only way that you could really pull that off. And so he came in and he sold a long-term vision for what was going on at Jackson State, but his goals and ambitions were always to be a Power 5 head coach. My take has always been, he went to Jackson State primarily because he wanted to be a head coach but didn't want to ever be anybody's assistant coach. So we had to find somebody that would give him a job and make him a head coach and so he could have that on his resume, and then he could take that to try to get the job that he actually wanted jackson state was the place that could do it and he did a lot of good work while he was at jackson state but all the bigger grandiose notions of what he was doing for somebody else no it was what it always is he did it for dion and that's fine if you don't tell us that you're trying to do this for somebody else but Monty says it better than i can which
1: is typical about like 99 of the time but Monty's going to say it.
2: the only thing i would disagree with is i actually think dion wants to be an nfl coach I think, I think all along. Oh, that's next. You're right. But What's I next? think all along he wanted to coach his son. And he did coach his son in high school, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the Prime Academy, the whole thing, yeah, there, there's some issues there. But I think all along he's his interest has been, and he's done this in youth football with his son, like he wants to coach his son. And now he is. And now he'll elevate his son at a Power 5 program. His son's really good, by the way. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. You know, ultimately, do I think he would like to get to the NFL? Yeah. And you know what? He's going to he's going to prove a lot of people wrong by saying to them you didn't think I could do it. Well, I can. So this is this is a college football controversy that I'm not quite sure
1: makes it a controversy other than where you've been and you don't really understand the dynamics of what goes on to be a college coach or if you really want to get into the weeds about this the dynamics of HBCUs and their funding and, sure. and everything else. Meanwhile, the Heisman, we know who's going to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy and There's one quarterback not going that seems to be upsetting people, and no, it's not Drake May at North Carolina who was not invited to New York. But Hendon Hooker at Tennessee was not invited. And I guess the way people are looking at it is, are you holding his injury against him? I mean, look, Tennessee was getting run by South Carolina before he even got hurt, and I get the injury does factor into the rest of the year. But am I – now Heisman voting has to be redone completely because Hendon Hooker was not included with the with the trip to New York.
2: I also don't understand. Like I think most people, and if you look at the gambling line, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman Trophy. He is. Yes. Most people understand that. Now we're parsing who gets invited. Yes, and we're we're mad about who the finalists are and who they aren't. Mm-hmm. Like really, why do we care? Who do we think the second or third or fourth or fifth best players in the country are? You want to talk about that they're all quarterbacks. You want to talk about that you have to be a Lincoln Riley protege or an Alabama player to win this thing. Fine. But what are we doing with Hennon Hooker? He got hurt. And, by the way, he was outstanding against Alabama. He was. And, by the way, he was great against Florida. The rest of it, Joe? (laughs) He had a good year. He had a great year. But he couldn't finish it either. I also watched the Georgia game. I did not vote for Hennon Hooker. And you get three spots. He wasn't one of the three players on my ballot. Speaking of quarterbacks, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Speaking of quarterbacks, Baker
1: Mayfield has a new home. We'll tell you what that is next.
2: Are you ready
1: to buy or sell your home? Lauren Brownlow will drop on by here in a little bit. WRALsportsfan.com. You can catch her on the ACC Panic Room as well. Told you where Baker Mayfield was going. They released him this week. He's been claimed by the Rams. So no San Francisco for Baker Mayfield. is going to be with the Los Angeles Rams. Matt Stafford's been placed on IR. Who was the guy they went to? I totally forgot the guy's name off, off the top of my head. I
2: thought it was Bryce Perkins from Virginia. Whew. Okay.
1: Was it Wolford from Wolford? The guy that used to be the Wake Forest quarterback? John Wolford.
2: I think I Wolford. Mean, yeah, both maybe. Well, I think I think Wolford is actually hurt too. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised Wolford. I mean, didn't... they're they're in the like they are they are actually actively tanking, which is why I believe they picked up Baker Mayfield. Tyler Possible. I think it's a spite move against the 49ers
1: because, remember, the Rams tried to get Brian Burns, but also they tried to get Christian McCaffrey, and the 49ers got him instead. Well, we have the Panthers north. Those would be the Buffalo Bills where the Panthers trying to be the Panthers west. Panthers actually used to share a division with the San Francisco 49ers way, way back in
2: the day. Yes, the West. (laughs) They
1: were in the fun fact, the Panthers, when they were an expansion team, were in the NFC West.
2: So John Walford started this week's game against Seattle. Bryce Perkins started the previous week against Kansas City.
1: One other bit of quarterback news. Shout out to JT Daniels, who's entered the transfer portal again. Looking for team number four. So he starts his career out at Southern Cal. He then goes to Georgia. That doesn't obviously work out. He's got the COVID year. He goes to West Virginia. And looks like he's entered the tra- just go pro man. What are you gonna be like a 26 year old college quarterback at this point? Obviously he can't go pro. <laughs> well, I guess the nil I guess the nil money is just too good. Speaking of nil money, this is from Nick DePaul of ESPN. Uh, he covers uh he covers the footwear industry and the NBA for ESPN. Adidas has signed four college basketball players to NIL deals. Adidas, the, okay. The manufacturer. Uh you got Hansel Emanuel with uh Northwestern State, Grady Dick, Kansas, and two Indiana players, Tracy Jackson, Davis, and Jalen Hood. Uh Shafino. Adidas is going to be paying these college basketball players directly, Jillio? Huh.
2: Weird. Maybe that's why Kansas, <laughs> Louisville, <laughs> NC State were not punished by the NCAA. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. Aren't there guys in jail though? Well, I believe Christian Dawkins is now out of jail. Okay, he also has Scoot Henderson, by the way. Yeah, to for next year. So. All's well that ends well for Christian Dawkins. I guess so. Hey, you know, I did did some jail time, and now everything's illegal, right? Now, none of this was actually illegal, right? That's not why he was in jail. It was they got him on a racketeering charge or a bribery charge.
1: And all these things again were these were these were NCAA rules that were being broken, not like federal rules in the grand scheme of right. things. But I do think it's ironic if I could go Emperor Palpatine on you here. Ironic. That now Adidas can pay guys at Kansas in an NIL deal directly, which is what got people in trouble back in the day. Anyway, where would Dennis Smith have gone? In theory, still NC State. Still NC State in, in theory? theory. Okay, I'm just, uh, just double checking. I don't know if that changes if uh, name, image, and likeness is a thing back then. Speaking of college basketball, Duke is back in action tonight taking on Iowa. There was one listener who took exception to what we were talking about yesterday. I actually viewed it as a, as a, as a throwaway line from you, but I'll, I'll bring it up. We were talking about Carolina yesterday. Yes. And you and I are both in agreement that the Tar Heels are out of well-actuallys when it comes to their season. Right. Well, actually, you know, that overtime, it was four overtimes, and, you know, officiating goes one way or the other. They win that game. And, well, well, actually, you know, having gone four overtimes and then going to Indiana, you know, maybe Armando Baycott shouldn't have played, which is where we get to the well actually against Virginia Tech this past Sunday where they lose. And you had said something about Duke, who also hasn't really quite done anything outside the league. Uh, one of uh, this is from Crazy Talker on Twitter. Good points about Carolina, but I got to do a well actually for Duke. They actually have done something out of the league, two and two against high major teams, and we're pre- and we're in position to beat Kansas, and that's with two key players recovering from injury. Another big chance to build on the resume tonight versus Iowa. I do agree with our listener there as it relates to Duke specifically, in that when Carolina started the year, they had their unit, it was there. It was a matter of gaining the yeah. the chemistry that they were that they had last year. How does Pete Nance fit in where Brady Manick is left and everything else? With Duke, and we didn't see this until the Ohio State came at Cameron Indoor Stadium during the ACC Big Ten Challenge. they Didn't have all their guys,
2: and if yeah, they they're were, evolving.
1: They're they're clearly evolving, yeah. and I think this is where we can all kind of come together. We'll get a better idea of where Duke is in terms of that evolution with having everybody back in a nice test against. Yeah, Zion.
2: I will say I did. Say, I did mention the Ohio State win. I didn't realize Sean Miller and Xavier. Was were, we're our thirty in campom. I did not realize that. So yes, that is a good win. That was part of the uh, Phil Knight Challenge out in in Portland. So they go two and one out there. The Oregon State game is not going to help them. Um, mm-hmm. So Xavier will, and so will Ohio State. And then they're in the Jimmy V game tonight against Iowa. Um, they should beat Iowa because they they have a better team than Iowa. Meanwhile, game number twenty six for the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Little Canes after dark. Did you finally watch Manolo? I was. Did you see Rod Brindemore in that video? Mm-hmm. Like Rod Brendemore was legit ready to play last uh, against uh, the Kings. Legit. <laughs> I like, know we've seen. Like him, I still got a little right. Left. I got I a little know, left. I know that we've seen him give his own little pep talks, mm-hmm. and then the own spe- he does great with his speeches. But I'm watching that video, and it's a, it's a Hispanic golf probe, basically, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was pumping these guys up. And Rod is just living for it. So check it out on the Canes um social media feeds. Really good stuff. One thing, uh do I, do we know Dennis, do you know who's in net tonight or not? I don't know who's in net tonight. I think the Ruski, is, as, as Manolo said. The Ruski. The Rusky. The rookie. Yeah. Well, the it, rookie should, it, Ruski. it should
1: be it should be Kochekov. And Gillio, you and I have talked about this. it is Kochekov. Okay. Ante-Kuch. It is Kochekov. Okay, good. It is PD Cooch tonight. Well, <laughs> right now he's won the last three games that he's played. We don't know what's going on with Freddie Anderson. Obviously, uh, Auntie Ranta has look, Antti Ranta has done a good enough job. But if you feel, and I said this during the playoffs last year, you might have something in Kochekov, and let's see where it goes. They did sign him to a four-year contract let's keep giving him more of that run so he's much more comfortable so that when it does get to playoff time, it's not just throw it to the rookie and see what happens, right? He's more seasoned this way. The Ruski, as Manolo would say, right? So, good. I'm glad that they're going with Kochekov. That's been something that I've been kind of banging the table on. But the Canes, they went through their troubles for the last two weeks, but this road trip has actually been pretty good for the Canes. Troubles. The troubles. Right. This is what we do with the Hurricanes now. He's like, (gasps) oh. A little bit of adversity in the Rod Brunamore time and everybody's freaking out. They'll be fine. They're still one of the best teams in the NHL. But they got Anaheim tonight. You can listen to that game on 999 the fan. Another little poor, poor Adam, man. A little Adam Gold <laughs> after dark. You know? A little after dark with gold tonight. So check out Stormwatch and then Aftermath immediately following the game. And I'm guessing that morning after pod will be hitting by the time you start your coffee, because that's when probably Adam will wrap up. You can get that Cans Corner podcast from wherever you get your podcasts. It's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Lauren Brownlow, she joins me on ACC Panic Room. We'll ask her if she believes in the Coach K curse next. For the ones
2: who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call,
3: clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Joining us on the Easter Automotive Hotline, Julia. We haven't talked to her in a while.
2: I know. It's great to see her face. It's that brown
1: lady. That brown little lady. I said, Lauren, we started the show talking about this. Curious, your thoughts. Do you believe in the Coach K
2: curse for North Carolina?
3: What? What are we doing right
2: <laughs> but, but, Lauren, they lost four meaningless college basketball games. Woe is us, Lauren. How? They, last also, night, they like didn't, they didn't all, win their 22nd yes, all title.
3: All losses to, like, top, I think, what was it, like, 35 teams in Ken mm-hmm. I looked. I was like. Okay, I understand that people assumed that there would be more carryover. I get why. They got it together at the end of the last year. It's not together now. Understood. Mm-hmm. But also like, it's not as if A, they're getting beat down like they were last year and in a very embarrassing fashion, by the way, a lot of times. And then B, like, they're losing to good teams. It's not the end of the world. And mostly not, on the road. Look at Florida State. Who's what? whose curse is that? What'd they do? <laughs> <laughs> Willie
2: Taggart. Can?
1: Yeah, it's the Willie Taggart. No, ever since Jimbo Fisher tossed a Christmas tree, the ghost of Christmas Pass has haunted Florida State. That's why that's a thing. Lauren Brownlow, even remember to haunt Florida State basketball? That's not fair. <laughs> Lauren Brownlow, com, hanging out with us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. I, I liken it to this because, Brownlow, I know you love to read way more than anybody else that I know do you know those like New York Times articles features on couples that are cutting back on their lifestyle oh, because they've right, been they'll... hit with some hardship right
3: yeah and you see their budgets and you're like
1: excuse me you and, and people always try to come in like well you gotta remember it's New York and you gotta account for the cost of living in New York I'm like "No, no 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 you missed the part where they said they really had to make the difficult decision to sell their fourth vacation home or that now they actually have to eat italian food in the city of new york rather than getting on their private jet and literally flying to italy that if you think i'm making that up i'm not i am not making that up that was in the new york times last summer so that's
3: how we know the economy's bad yeah
1: you're you're right so that that to me is what carolina fans sound like where they're like oh man it's been a really rough rough couple weeks
3: yeah. I mean, look, I get it in a sense, right? Like they, they're like the first number one team to fall out this early. First one to lose four straight or mm. whatever it is. I, again, I do think opponents are somewhat important in that discussion, but Details. regardless, like, Details. Details. you know, um, I get it. It's like, you never want to be the first to do something bad when it comes to your basketball program. So understandable. Um, And also, you know, you're going to have to endure a whole season probably if, if things, if they can't get a few wins that are of more use to them, you'll have to endure a whole season again of this bubble talk discussion thing where every little thing, every little win, every little loss they take will be scrutinized again. And. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's still overall like a first world problem. Absolutely. Lauren,
1: I, I do I want you to I don't ask this of you a lot. And Lauren Brownlow hanging out with us here on the OG alongside Joe gilio I'm Joe Ovius. I don't ask this of you. So understand that I'm reluctant to do so, but I feel in the context of this conversation it's important. Okay. You're a Carolina person. You went to Carolina.
3: Yeah, as I as I'm reminded, in good and bad ways in my mentions by all fan bases, okay. yes, okay. yes indeed.
1: So if things were different, you weren't doing what you did now and you were just like hardcore Carolina person and it was you were told, look, (laughs) look, you're going to screw up Coach K's farewell season. You're, you're going to literally end his career in the final four. The Armageddon. This game is going to happen. It's going to happen in Coach K's last year. And you're going to send him packing. And you're going to have an incredible, sad Mike Krzyzewski, Mickey Krzyzewski on a golf cart driving off into retirement all sad because of you, because of Carolina. But, but you're not going to win. You're going to have some some pain along the way. You take that every time, right?
3: Um, it's hard to put – I'm being honest when I say this because I am an adult now, and so yes. it is hard to put myself back into the adolescent headspace I would have been in when I would have been presented with. But in that adolescent headspace – I need, 19, I need I 1997, 1997
1: I Brownlow. Give me 1997 Brownlow.
3: Yeah, in that – absolutely, I, yes. In that <laughs> headspace, yes. Well, college Brownlow. Don't even, you don't have to go to back to 97. You need to go to like – oh five brown if you want to i would absolutely but like the older i get the more i look at things like that and i just go for what like okay and then what you know what i mean but like i'm not I, but if i have to put myself back in that headspace i also have to be an adolescent again so yes
1: okay all right and
3: i'm not saying if you're a fan that preferred it you're adolescent like you hate who you hate i'm not knocking it but to hate I like this, this julia yes yeah. <laughs>
2: Lauren Brownlow joining us here on a
0: Tuesday
2: and Lauren, let's go over to UNC football. What does it say that um, Cameron Kelly and Tony Grimes have had enough of of the uh, Gene Chizik and UNC defense experience and have put their names into the portal?
3: I mean, if we're being honest and this isn't, this isn't meant to be a knock because I don't know what the issue is. Right. I don't know if the issue was that, was coaching. I don't know if the issue was the players. I don't know if the issue was scheme and fit. I have no idea. Right. Regardless, I think we can all agree that. I don't know that we had seen a whole lot from those guys during their time at Carolina to kind of deliver on the promise of the star ranking, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I think you even saw towards the end of the year, it felt like it, it's not often when you see a five-star go out that it ends up being like, not a drop-off and maybe even an improvement at times, but it felt like that. Like when he wasn't playing anymore, it felt like they got better cornerback play at times, which you don't want to see either. Um, So regardless of the reason it it wasn't working, could he have a fresh start and do well elsewhere? I'm sure he could, you Mm -hmm. know, but I think it kind of speaks to like whatever is going on, on the defensive side of the ball, particularly in the defensive backfield for North Carolina from what's going on there? Because I think we've seen some growth in like their front seven over the years. We've seen some good linebacker play, but I don't know that we've seen very good secondary play during the entire, you know, Mac Brown era. So why is that? And can they fix it? You know, like I, I don't have the best answer to that. I don't know if it's even like one simple answer, but to me, that's kind of what it speaks to more than anything else.
1: Lauren Brownlow SportsFan.com. she hangs out with me on the ACC panic room. You can watch that on our YouTube channel. Just look up 999 the fan. Hit those likes, smash the subscribe button. All right, over to the NFL where the Baker Mayfield experiment uh, came to a close. He asked for his release. He was granted his release. Uh and it's back to the Sam Darnold experience. Um I'm I know it's asking a lot to even have an opinion on the Panthers these days. But I do feel like throughout all this time, it's, it's been wild to me, as bad as the Panthers have been, as much of a disaster this season has gone, up until last night, they were still in the NFC South race. And you know, I know it's going to happen, you know, Tom Brady, because of the way they closed that game last night was 1716 over the New Orleans Saints. Had the Saints won that game, the Panthers are a game out with still plenty of season to go. It's Y'all talk about flabbergasting the coastal
3: division. To me. that's the coastal that you, that you see. The coastal that some of y'all see in front of your eyes is actually the NFC South. That's the real coastal right there. Because whoever wins it is still going to be trash no matter what. Yes. It's still a trash yes. football team. So yeah. I mean, unless the Bucks find a way to get it together. But yeah, like they're not.
1: They're not. They just is, they, they the Bucks are what they are right now. And, and, and right. I guess Tom Brady can show some flashes of what Tom Brady used to be. But again, it's also level to the competition that we're seeing in the NFC South.
3: Maybe he can put in their, like, separation, divorce agreement or whatever, maybe he can add a clause in there that, like, Giselle can do a couple of the spells again. Like, she doesn't have to do all of them, (laughs) but just a couple. I don't know. Maybe
1: it was was negotiated. Maybe it was negotiated. I get the candle that I can burn that helps us win the NFC South. But she didn't say how they'd win the NFC South. He
3: can't do it. He's not the witch. She is. Okay, fair. I'm just saying. She's I mean, the one with the powers, not Julio
1: Dilio and and I are not warlocks or witches, and yet the candles seem to work for NC State season. Maybe it's the candles that are affecting Carolina season.
3: I thought they had the worst luck ever. What do you mean? They lost all know. of their quarterbacks, remember? I,
1: But they still
2: had a great season, according to
1: Dave Dorn, eight and four.
2: Hey, they won two games on missed kicks. So I mean, come on, I think that's probably two more than I remember in the last twenty-five years on missed kicks. Yeah,
3: no, believe me, I I do remember that. I I do think it worked early, very well. You know, I think whatever y'all did early on did work. Which was
2: should we try to should we try to save the Tar Heels? Like, do we get credit if 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 we go and save the Tar Heels? Is it up to us?
3: you're setting yourself up. Do you mean like for football or basketball? You mean in general? Basketball? In general, because I mean, remember, Curtis It's the kid. so problem. It's it's, it's like huge the misery
2: right now. Game in soccer, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's really
1: rough. Even though they just won another football. field, they didn't just win another field hockey they championship. Did. Yeah. They did.
3: Yep.
1: And they, I think they won a pickleball thing not that long ago too. I'm sure. You they already it.
3: have pickleball like as a college thing. I think it was a
1: club sport. I think it was a club oh, sport. That makes like, more sense. Okay. Like the equivalent of, you know, NC State winning a bass fishing thing. It's a it's a club thing. It's not an officially sanctioned hey, sport. i, still,
3: I Oh, also claim a...
1: it. I mean pickleball's hot right now. You absolutely I was say, claim it, it. like
3: everybody's playing pickleball. But yeah, no, yeah. Maybe maybe you guys can uh I feel like you guys that just wouldn't end well for you guys no matter what happens, right? Because if, what if it we doesn't get, work. What,
1: what if we can get Roy to light the candles with us? <laughs>
2: Don't give me any ideas. I I'm just,
1: Don't get, I was I'm say, just
3: sure. saying, what if we get Roy to go to Holy Rose if, with us? If y'all got Roy to do that.
1: I love it. Hold I on. I say please. <laughs> like, please.
3: I hope, I hope y'all say challenge accepted because I, I would love to see that. I would love to see Roy enthusiastically lighting some sort of uh, witchcraft candle. We would
2: just need to find just a body of water. Like no, we need, we need to find a body of water for him to spit in. Can we take him to the fountain oh, over at RAL? Maybe, yeah.
1: We could do that. Yeah. We could take him over to Lasseter Mill. I could definitely
2: do that. All right, well,
1: <laughs> hit him up. It's the, it's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Opias, Lauren Brown, SportsFan.com, ACC Panic Room. Uh, we'll have another ACC Panic Room this weekend with some more hoops. Um, we'll see if North Carolina can start getting out of its own way. This, uh, as, well, it's that
3: as- uh- – Josh Pastner's in town.
1: uh Oh, that's not good for that's, the heels. That's never great for anybody.
3: Well, that's it's good for us. Th- to be fair, it's better there than in Atlanta. In yes. Atlanta, they have way more problems. It is. It is. Than they usually. We can, we can uh, y'all need to start getting together a Pastner press conference bingo.
2: <laughs> yeah, we might have to do. We that. We got to get them on this week. When do they play?
3: Uh they play on Saturday. Saturday. Right? All
1: right. Yeah,
2: we got. We're putting a call in right now.
3: Yeah, it's a full day of basketball uh, on Saturday this weekend. So yeah.
1: Lauren Bradlow, @wrlsportsfan.com All right, we'll talk to you later.